First Thessalonians, chapter number four. Very familiar passage. I told my wife on the way up here, you know what's worse than not having a sermon? Having too many. And uh, but I want to mind the Lord, and this is what God put on my heart, and I'm gonna I'm gonna obey Him. If all of y'all are happy with me, but He's not happy. I'm going to go home down that mountain a miserable man tonight. But if none of y'all are happy, but he's happy, then everything will be all right. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13. I'm in a stretch right now of a lot of meetings in a row and my voice is tired. When my voice is as tired, I usually can't preach but about an hour and a half, so I apologize for that. But I do. I'm excited about being here. You pray God to help me. First Thessalonians 4, you know the verses. But we ought not ever get over these verses. I'm glad Jesus is coming. Oh, I'm glad Jesus is coming. I don't know what it is. I'll be 49 my next birthday. And I don't know what it is. The older I get, the more I realize I don't want to be here anymore. I am ready for Jesus to come. Somebody say amen. And Paul said in verse 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and I do, even so also them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain Unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent go before them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord." Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. There's some comfort here. I don't know how y'all are up here in this neck of the woods, but back where I'm at, seems like the coming of the Lord has become a subject that has cooled off in the last few years. It's almost like the church has given up hope. Y'all, I'm telling you, I'm looking for Him tonight just as much as I have ever looked for Him. I still am looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I just want to preach tonight on the rapture of the church. And uh, just mind the Lord, it'd probably be nothing you ain't heard, but you know what, we need to be reminded of it. Let's pray. Dear God, we come to you this evening needy, Lord. We've got to have you. Lord, there'll be nothing accomplished in this place tonight apart from your power and apart from your glory. I pray, God, that you'll fill me and use me. Lord, I know who I am. And God, I know my shortcomings. I know my faults. I know my failures. Lord, I'm the least among us. But God, if you'll sure touch me, I'd appreciate it. Lord, I say with the psalmist, Psalm 115, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. And I pray, God, that you'll give us unction tonight that makes preaching, preaching. I pray, God, that you'll fill us with the power of God in such a way, oh Lord, that, that, that God, they'll not see me, but they'll see you. And I pray, God, that you'll help us as we walk down the hill tonight. Lord, not to see any man, but God, to see you high and lifted up. Lord, I pray for every saved child of God that's in this place tonight, that you'll encourage us like never before, that we really do get to go to heaven. Lord, I 
pray God that you'll encourage every child of God. But Lord, I pray if there's somebody here that's never been born again, Lord, that this would be the hour, this would be the time, this would be the night, this would be the moment that they trust you as their Savior and get born again by the grace of God. Lord, whatever you do, we'll give, give you the glory and praise and honor. You're the one that were, is worthy of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. Uh, the Bible says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. I, there's three things in this passage that I give you by way of introduction that I think are plaguing the church today. The first one I think is plaguing us is in verse number 13 where it says, ignorant. I would not have you to be ignorant. Have you ever seen such... I've been saved 43 years, been preaching uh, almost 40 years. And, and I've never seen such a time when there's such ignorance about the doctrine of the Word of God. People being tossed about with every wind of doctrine. If you're part of a church that still holds to that Bible and still preaches the truth of God's Word and the fundamentals of the faith, you got something to praise God about. Ignorance is killing us in this generation. And then there's another word that I see that I believe is plaguing the church, and that is sorrow. Uh, we are seeing folks that are just depressed, and uh, despair seems to be on every hand. Uh, then there's that word, uh, uh, no hope or hopelessness. And I, I, I'm telling you, the world has changed over the last few years like, like I've never seen it before. And, and I don't know what, what's happened the last three or four years, but it uh, seems like people's just lost hope and people are just in despair and depression is at an all time high and suicides are high and uh, people that are addicted to drugs are at an all time high they're trying to escape it all I want to tell you something I don't have to have a drug uh, for an escape I don't have to have uh, this pleasure mad society for an escape I'm looking for an escape and it is the rapture of the church I've still got hope in my heart this evening uh, that one day Jesus is going to come and those that have been saved by the grace of God are going to be called up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air I thank God today I've got hope in my heart that Jesus is coming it ain't always been that way I remember as a child being scared out of my mind I remember as a boy I don't know how many of y'all been saved at least 30 years raise your hand at least 30 years Boy, ain't that a blessing. Now, y'all can agree with what I'm going to say right here. 30 years ago, you have a revival. One night, the preacher's going to preach on hell. Somewhere during that five nights. And one night, he's going to preach on something else. The coming of the Lord. You know, we don't hear it preached anymore. Seems like all we want to hear preached now is circumstances and I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a storm and I know we're going through a storm. But friend, there's nothing that'll help your heart any more than to know that this world is not your home. You're just a pilgrim and a stranger that's passing through. I'm glad today that I don't have my roots so far deep down in this world. But I'm a citizen of another world. I'm headed to a better land. Hallelujah! Jesus is coming hallelujah boy we need to get back to preaching the fundamentals of the faith we need to get back to preaching the fundamental doctrines of the church so I want to preach one tonight and try to help us if I can't help you I sure won't hurt you somebody say amen right there Jesus is coming the rapture of the church is still on 
Oh, Brother Jeremy, you just don't know what's going on in my life. You just don't know how bad things are right now. You just don't know how the bottom fell out on me this week. There's not one bad thing in your life right now that a trip to heaven's not going to fix. I say amen. There's not one bad thing in your life right now that a trip to heaven is not going to fix. Can you can you imagine with me for just a moment? It could be before we ever get back to our cars and trucks. The trumpet could sound. The shout of the Lord could come. The voice of the archangel could come. And we'd be out of this lowland of sorrow in the sweet by and by. He's coming. The rapture is still on. The coming of the Lord has not been canceled. No matter what the Republicans and the Democrats and the Libertarians and the Vegetarians are doing, the coming of the Lord is still on target. He is coming at a specific day, at a specific hour. Hallelujah! Aren't you glad that Jesus is coming? Hallelujah! Bible said no man knows the day or the hour. In another passage, he said, they know not that day or that hour. Just as sure as it was on a specific day that a virgin conceived and Jesus began there, the God-man in the womb of Mary. Just as sure as it was on a specific day that He died on a cross as they were slitting the throat of the Lamb in the temple. Just as sure that it was a specific day that Jesus rose from the grave. He's coming on a specific day that the Father is aware of. Aren't you glad this We've got hope in the coming of the Lord. There's a lot of stages to that coming. There's the rapture of the church. There's the revelation of Christ. Is it okay to preach on the rapture? We still believe in the rapture. The truth of the rapture. Right here in your Bible. Look at your Bible. The truth of the rapture. Oh, yes. I would not have you to be ignorant, not stupid, not moronic, ignorant. That means unfamiliar, that means uninformed, that means unaware. We need to know the truth about the rapture. We need to know the truth about the rapture. The Bible says this in verse 15, look at it now. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord. Paul said, I'm not coming to you on my intellect. I'm not coming to you on my credentials. I'm not coming to you on my foundation. I'm coming to you to tell you that Jesus is coming by the Word of the Lord. He said, by the Word of the Lord, the truth, the truth, the truth, the truth is what makes you free. Aren't you glad you know the truth this evening? And the truth is that the Lord is coming with a shout. And it's based on what He said. It's not based on what the denomination said. It's not based on what your pastor said. It's not based on what the deacon board said. It's based on the Lord's words. Uh, the book of uh, John said, Let not your heart be troubled. Verse, chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also we have it based on the word of the Lord 
on the word of the Lord. Aren't you glad? Well, preacher, uh, now you know, preacher, you know rapture's not in the Bible. You know rapture's not in the Bible, right? Well, neither is the word Bible in the Bible. Hello? But what'd you carry in tonight? Your Bible. Neither is the word Trinity in the Bible. But we baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You don't even get one chapter in. In fact, you don't even get five verses in until you see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There's a Father. And the Spirit moved. There's the Holy Ghost. And He said, let there be light. Jesus is the light of the world. I believe in the Bible, but it's not in the Bible. And I believe in the Trinity, but it's not in the Bible. But the word rapture, preacher, it's not in the Bible. I've had them tell me that. I said, but the definition of rapture is in the Bible. It's right here in this passage. We shall be caught up, raptured out of here. We shall be called up, amen, raptured out. I want to tell you something, Jesus is coming and we are going to be raised. If, uh, uh, if you're dead in the grave, you'll be raised. But if you're alive and remain, you'll be raptured at the coming of the Lord. And the Apostle Paul believed that Jesus was coming in his lifetime. Because he said, then we which are alive and remain. He said, I believe I'm going to be living when Jesus comes. Hey, I know that's been 1,900 years and Paul's been shouting on the streets of glory for 1,900 years according to our time. But he believed Jesus was coming in his lifetime. And I believe this evening that Jesus is coming in my lifetime. I don't believe there's one prophecy that needs to be fulfilled. I don't believe there's one thing that needs to line up. I believe in the imminent return of Christ. It could happen any moment. It could happen any second we can leave out of here oh yes I don't believe that well that's why you ain't enjoying yourself right now you don't believe anything why you preach so fast because I'd like to get home before one o'clock and that's going to push you right there if I preached as slow as some of this crowd did on the on the radio and the TV, my sermons would be five hours long. That's a truth right there. The dead in Christ. Watch this now. The truth of the rapture. At the rapture of the church, the dead in Christ. Anybody got a mom in the grave? Anybody got a daddy in the grave? Anybody got a grandfather, grandmother in the grave? Somebody that you cried all day long the day you buried them. And you've cried many days since then. Aren't you glad those that die in Christ, they're going to be raised incorruptible at the rapture of the church. You can't find no hope in Washington this evening. You can't find no hope in Raleigh this evening. You can't find no hope in the religious institutions of this world right now. Oh, but there's hope in the fact that Jesus is coming. And when He does, He's going to raise our loved ones up. We're going to be reunited. Amen. Let me tell you something. If one molecule, if one molecule of your body stays in the grave, Jesus is a failure. If one molecule stays in. But the Bible tells us that He is the one that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Jesus is the victor over death, hell, and the grave. And the Bible said, Paul said, Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. At the rapture of the church, the truth is the dead are going to be raised.
and you and I that are here saved. <laughs> That's going to take the power of God. The way we eat. That's going to take the power of God. <laughs> We've got plenty of altar down here if we need to get right. Oh, yes, man. Oh, preacher, I'm worried about the end of the world. I'm worried about the end of the world. What about the zombie apocalypse? I've been freeze-drying food. I've got case after case after case of freeze-dried food. That's not a bad idea, but it's not because of the end of the world. It's because of Bidenomics anyway. <laughs> Did I just say that out loud? It, 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 sometimes I just... It comes out before I calculate it all. Ain't bad to store things up, but it ain't because of the end of the world. Boys, don't worry about the end of the world. Don't matter what anybody tells you, don't worry about it. If Jesus came tonight, preacher, you know what? If Jesus came tonight, it's at least a thousand and seven years till this earth is gone. Quit worrying about the end of the world. Quit worrying about zombie apocalypse. The zombie apocalypse is in the average Baptist church on Sunday morning. That was a new one. I ain't never said that before, but I like that. There's too much liberty in here. I'm going to get myself in trouble. A thousand and seven years at least if Jesus came right now. You know what I'm hoping about the tribulation? Well, number one, I'm not going to be here. I'm just hoping something about it. I hope my favorite golf courses make it through the tribulation. Can I get an amen from somebody? Would that not be awesome when we come back riding on white horses? And our favorite golf, I mean Sequoia down at Cherokee. I hope the Antichrist don't destroy that golf course. And we can play it during the millennium. This world's going to be here a thousand and seven years after the rapture of the church. Stop worrying about the end of the world. It ain't about, Ru oh, I'm just telling that Russia's going to do something. I know Russia's going to do something. I just know it. I just know Russia's going to do something in North Korea. And I, I'm telling you, it's just going to be bad and we're not going to make it and all that stuff. And I'm telling you, preacher, I'm just worried. You know, I'm not, I just don't know. The end of the world's not for a thousand, seven years. Everything's good. God's got His hand on the steering wheel. His foot is still on the gas pedal and on the brake. He's still got His hand on the throttle. He is in control of all things. He sets up kings. He sets down kings. Hey, my heavenly Father's in control of it all. And if a sparrow falls and God takes notice. Surely He's watching out for you and I. Amen. The rapture of the church. Man, I got so much I want to say. <laughs> At the rapture of the church, there'll be seven years of tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. There'll be a league with the Antichrist and Israel for three and a half years. And then the Antichrist and Israel are going to have odds in three and a half years. They're going to be having the great tribulation. At the end of the great tribulation, millions have already died. Millions have already uh, uh, lost their lives in the tribulation and gone to hell. But Israel's going to turn and look upon the one whom they pierced. And they're going to be converted in one day. 
Then there'll be a thousand years of a millennial kingdom where Jesus rules and reigns with a rod of iron. At the end of that thousand years, the devil will be loose for a season. There will be a rebellion of those goat nations that came out of the tribulation. But you hear me and hear me well. At the end of that, he's going to have a new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles high. That kind of reminds me of the tabernacle because back there in the Holy of Holies, it was 15 by 15 by 15. That's where God dwelt on earth and where God's going to dwell tabernacle among men is 1500 by 1500 by 1500 somebody say amen y'all know what God wrote this book God wrote this book oh yes and God is going to tabernacle with men and that all's going to start at the rapture of the church at the rapture of the church the truth number two let me show you this number two is the timing of the rapture because there's com- confusion about some of this stuff. The timing of the rapture. 1 Corinthians 15. Go with me if you would. Boy, love this chapter. About the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 51. Is everybody alright? I'm having a time. I don't know if y'all enjoying yourself, but I'm having a time. Verse 51 says, Behold... 1551, I like to hear them pages turn. 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, Paul said, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The timing of the rapture. I'm going to say a little something right here and I don't want you to get off the wagon, all right? I want you to stay with me. How quick is the rapture going to take place? I don't know. I know how quick the change is going to take place. I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be walking along and this right here that the aches and the pains and the, and the bad knee and the bad back and the, and the bad brain too, amen. It's going to be, whew, oh, whoa. But I was looking at this, the Bible said we'll be changed in a moment. But in our text, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, go back and look at it. The Bible says, the Lord Himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout, verse 16. And look at verse 17, then we which are alive and remain, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, but don't stop, together with them. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. You know what? A lot of times we think of the rapture like this. That the rapture, when Jesus comes, the dead are going to rise and go to Jesus. And then those that are alive and remain are going to rise. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says the dead are going to rise first. And then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together. I don't know all the timing of it. But I was reading through this not long ago and I saw it and boy, I about jumped over my desk because it blessed my heart so much. I don't know if it's going to be 10 seconds, Brother Boone. I don't know if it's going to be 30 seconds. I don't know if it's going to be a minute. I don't know if it's going to be 10 minutes, 20 minutes. But there will be a reunion prior to the rapture. We always think about the reunion in heaven. Or the reunion in the air. That's not what the Bible says. It's right there in your text. Y'all reading it with me. We're going to be called up 
together to meet the Lord. In other words, we are going to see mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, all of our loved ones first, and then go up to be with Jesus. Why did God do that? Because when we see Christ, all other loves are going to fade. And our Savior is so gracious... He's going to let us have a moment with our loved ones before we go up to be with Him because our Lord loves us so much. He's going to say, you have a little time with mom and daddy and then you come and see. I don't know if it's a second. I don't know if it's ten seconds. I don't know if it's ten minutes. But there's going to be a reunion before there's a rapture. Everybody all right? I'm right there in the text. The truth of the rapture. The timing of the rapture. Oh, glory to God. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. I don't like all that shouting. Did you hear? I don't even know what y'all said a while ago, but I liked it. What was that? You just clapping and all of a sudden, God is good. Woo! What was it? What was it? God is good. Woo! I like it. We're kind of weird too at my church. Every time I tell them, let's receive an offering, we start clapping and cheering. It scares visitors to death. Let's receive an offering. Woo! Lord loves a cheerful giver, don't He? Why should the deadest part of a service be the offering? Somebody say amen right there. I ain't going back up that Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. They weird up there. They shout. They, they hoot and holler. They clap. They woo in that church. I saw a girl in the middle of the choir tonight. She went, woo! Like she's at a ball. It's okay to shout. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Our Lord is going to get loud. Our Lord is going to get loud when He comes. And I got a feeling we're going to get loud when He comes. He's going to be shouting down and we're going to be shouting up. Amen. Because our hope that we've been looking for and longing for and waiting for has arrived. He's coming with a shout. He ain't sending Moses. He ain't sending Abraham. He ain't sending David or Daniel or Samuel or any of the Old Testament or New Testament preachers. But He's coming Himself. Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face there to sing forever of His saving grace. Maybe your roots are so deep in this world that don't excite you. You know what the word rapture means? It means to be plucked up by the roots. I don't want him to have to pull too hard on me. Can't you see God with some of this worldly crowd in our churches? I don't want him pulling too hard on me. I don't want my roots deep in this world. I know we got to live in this world. We got to work in this world. I know we've got to do that, all that. But I'm telling you, I've got a faraway look in my eye. I've got my eyes set on something else. Oh, this world's not my home. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker's God. And by faith, I can see that sweet by and by. Hallelujah. He's coming with a shout. <laughs> 
Oh, that preacher's too wild for me. Blame it on him. He invited me. We all right, ain't we? And we already had one go around at the men's meeting. You can't blame nobody but you. (laughs) Say, what's wrong with you? I'm excited about Jesus coming. There's joy in my soul. There's a song in my heart. Well, bless his name. I don't like all that shouting. How? They've accused us of thanks to Calvary being Pentecostal. We ain't Pentecostal. We believe in spiritual gifts, but we believe some of them ceased. Somebody say amen right there. But we believe in shouting. And every now and again, you'll hear a lady down at church, Son, I love to watch visitors next. I'm thinking about putting it in the bulletin if you need a good chiropractor. I got one old boy. He will give you a heart attack. He gives no warning. Y'all ever met anybody shouted like that? I mean, no tears, no amen, no woo, no yes. You know, I like leading up to it. Give me a little yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Don't just go, Give me a little. When I was a boy at my daddy's church, growing up, there's a little lady that sat right here on the second row. We called her Chatterbox. Because she'd get excited. Her teeth would start doing like Start doing like that. She's full of God. There's another little lady sat beside her, Miss Lundy Acock. Her little feet, we had uh, carpet in the aisles, but wood underneath the pews. I was like, somebody scratching Lundy's belly or something. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going to get in trouble. I am adding so much to this tonight. And the more y'all laugh, the more dangerous I get. But Miss <laughs> her little foot and chatterbox would be here. Lundy would be there. And Miss Ham, she sat about two rows behind them. And we called her Choo Choo. I'm serious. And she'd do something like this. About the fourth one, she'd come out of the aisle. Woo! I like it. God's been too good to me to be quiet. Somebody say amen. If you're saved, if you know your name's written down in heaven, you got every right to shout, Hallelujah! There ain't nothing in the Bible said shout because you feel like it. He said shout because your names are written down in heaven. If your name's written in heaven, you got every right to praise God. In fact, if your name's not written in heaven, you still got the right to praise God. He said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. He's coming with a shout. I said all that to say this. Jesus likes shouting. He's going to shout down at us. We're going to shout up at Him. Boy, wouldn't you like to hear it? 
Wouldn't you like to hear that shout right now? Mm. And if you study that shout, you'll find out that it is a commanding shout. It is a commander's shout. It is a general's shout. It is a shout that is a command. You can study that word shout and see that. You say, well, preacher, what is he going to be commanding? He's going to command the grave, let him out. He's going to command the prince of the power of the air, Satan, let him through. And he's going to command heaven, let him in. Amen. He's coming with a shout. The timing of the rapture. The truth of the rapture. Number three, the translation of the rapture. I don't know all that's going to happen, but I know I'm going up. I'm going up. Oh, what a day. Oh, but preacher, rapture, that's foolishness. I mean, really, y'all believe that? I come in here tonight, you know, and kind of wondering what was going on. And I just don't think I'm ever going to come back after hearing all this nonsense about us, you people that are saved, leaving out of here and flying. I like what one old preacher used to say. He said, I'm not going to take an airplane ride, but I'm going to take a plane air ride. I like that. Heard another old preacher say years ago, I'm not looking for the undertaker, I'm looking for the upper taker. Amen. We're going to leave. Gone. The translation. Well, preacher, I don't believe in the rapture. I do. I have no problem believing it. How's that going to happen? No problem. It's already happened. Preacher, the rapture of the church. No, no, no. The rapture of the church is yet to take place. But raptures have already happened. Oh yes, you go into the book of Genesis. There was a man that lived before Noah's flood uh, by the name of Enoch. And the Bible said he walked with God and he had this testimony that he pleased God. And the Bible said one day he was not. For God took him. Gone. Raptured. He was not found. You know what that implies? They went looking for him. Mama Enoch, she said, Children, have y'all heard anything from your daddy? I, had to, I got the cornbread and pintos and onions on the table and he ain't showed up yet. So I felt God on that right there. Cornbread, pintos, and Vidalia onions. God's all over that. That's, a, that's the best I've preached all night. Have y'all seen your daddy? Go out yonder to the barn and look for him. He's supposed to be in here 30 minutes ago. I got his food on the table. Where's he at? Uh, maybe she called the neighbor. Have you seen Enoch? Hey, but he was not found. He was not found. And you listen to me, lost person. Listen to me. One of these days, they're going to look for us. You might even look for us. Why, you might even go try to search out Brother Keith Watkins, but he's not going to be found because the rapture of the church has taken place. I remember when I was a boy, I used to fear the rapture of the church. My dad would preach on it. My grandfather would preach on it. Other preachers would come in and preach on it. And it scared me to death because I knew I was lost. Boy, I'm not afraid of the rapture no more. It's my hope. Preach, I can't believe in the rapture. Why not? It's already happened. Enoch was raptured. Oh, come on now. What about the rapture of Elijah? 2 Kings chapter 2, verse number 11, And it came to pass as they went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up. 
by whirlwind into heaven. That word went up means carried away, ascended into the air. I like this part, fetched up. God fetched him. Elijah's been in heaven for 3,000 years plus in a mortal body. Huh, let that sink in for a second. He's coming back in the tribulation in that mortal body. You say, preacher, how do you know it's a mortal body? Because he's going to die. You can't kill a glorified body. Everybody, you see, I just, some of y'all, some of y'all just jumped off the wagon and almost walked down the hill on that one. He's been in heaven for over 3,000 years with a mortal body. But he's coming back. They're going to kill him and God's going to resurrect him in the tribulation. Is there any Bible students in here? Well, I just don't believe he's been in heaven. How could a man survive in heaven, a, a, a mortal being? How can a man live to start with? We serve a miraculous God. How can a baby be born of a virgin womb? It's no different than, than Jesus being born and living in this world, a world God in the flesh, than it is to Elijah to be in heaven right now in mortal body. Everybody all right? Did you know there's only two people in the Bible? Y'all hear this. You will either experience a rapture or a resurrection. You'll either be resurrected from the dead or you'll be raptured out with the church. Now watch this. There's only two people in the Bible that will experience both a rapture and a resurrection. Jesus experienced a resurrection, then a rapture. Elijah experienced a rapture, and then he's going to experience a resurrection. It's right there in the book. Somebody ought to hear this. The rapture of Elijah is proof that there's a rapture going to take place. What about the rapture of Isaiah? Oh, there in, in Isaiah 6, Isaiah was raptured up into the throne room of God and saw the holiness and highness of God. What about the rapture of Jesus in Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 9? How the Bible said He was taken up and a cloud received Him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as He went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And they said, This ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manners you've seen him go y'all Enoch Elijah Isaiah Jesus what about the rapture of Philip Philip's over there in a red hot revival but there's a little Ethiopian eunuch down there by the water 20 miles away can you imagine this happening in this tent meeting tonight all of a sudden brother Keith gone and in a few minutes, whoop, back on the front row. That's what happened. That's what happened. Philip's in there with the rest of them having a revival, having a church service, and God called him away 20 miles to give that old boy some understanding of the, of the, of the prophet Isaiah. And after he baptized him, whoop, he come back to the revival meeting. Now, I don't know how y'all feel, but I've done a lot of traveling. Oh, Lord, have I done a lot of travel. I complain about being old, and somebody says, you ain't old. I said, no, I'm a late model, but I got a lot of miles on me. I promise you, you wouldn't pick me out at no gum uh, garage uh, where they're having an auction. I got high mileage. And I wish some, I love preaching, but I'm telling you, I told my daddy the other day, Brother Whitmore, I said, I wish I could snap my fingers, be in the pulpit, and snap them again and be in my recliner. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, that's exactly what Philip did. Pretty cool. Y'all, I don't know all about our glorified body, but it's going to be pretty awesome. 
Jesus was resurrected, talked to Mary Magdalene, went to heaven, and came back and met the disciples. Same day. Jesus is proof that on a Sunday you can go to a family reunion and still get back to church that night. Let us pray. <laughs> I don't know all about this glorified body we're going to have, but He went through a wall. They wasn't, he didn't come through the door. He just come through the wall and appeared to the disciples. And Philip was raptured out and raptured back in. That's five. Then the Bible tells us about the rapture of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. He said, I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up. That's the same Greek word, harpazo, same as 1 Thessalonians 4. He was raptured up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. Paul was raptured. Philip was raptured. Jesus was raptured. Isaiah was raptured. Elijah was raptured. Enoch was raptured. Best I can figure that six raptures that have already taken place in the Word of God. Y'all know what seven is? It's God's perfect number. It's God's number of completion. And the seventh rapture is just about to take place where it's going to be the rapture of the church. You better get your jumping shoes on. We're just about to go home. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Well, I don't believe in it, preacher. And when's it going to take place? No. Well... Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe, must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently. Yeah, yeah. When's it going to take place? It's imminent. It can happen any moment. The other day I was studying. I like to study uh, church growth. I like to study how to build a church, how to build a Sunday school, how to build a youth program, how to, how to keep people from talking about you. All kinds of stuff I study. That last one, nobody's wrote a good book on it. Somebody said, man. <laughs> but I was reading about church growth, and I was reading about soul winning, and reading about seeing people saved, and I read this, and it blew my mind. Every year in the world, there's 2.7 million converts. Every year, 2.7 million people convert to Jesus Christ. Every year in the world. Every year in the world, 2.7. Now, you do the math on that. Because I did it. That means on average, y'all need to hear this. On average, somebody gets born again every 11 seconds. The Bible says God is going to present Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. He is going to present a completed bride. Y'all, He's not. God's not going to give Jesus a bride with one arm. He's not going to give Jesus a bride with nine and a half fingers. You know when the bride of Christ is going to be raptured? When it is complete. And every 11 seconds, somebody's added to the bride. Y'all, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He didn't come. One, two, three, 
four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That's how close the coming of the Lord is. Y'all ain't heard what I'm preaching. He's coming. I just want to encourage you tonight. I just want to encourage you tonight. I just want to encourage you tonight. If you're here saved, keep your eyes toward the skies. If you're here saved, it ain't time to give up. It ain't time to quit. Some of you, I know you felt like it over the last month, over the last year, over the last three years. I wish I could tell you everything's perfect down at Thanks to Calvary. I wish I could tell you everything's perfect at Elkin. I wish I could tell you everything's perfect in my life. It's not. I'm sick of this world. And there are days I get discouraged. There are days I think I can't go on. But I'm telling you what keeps me going is that Jesus could come at any minute. Y'all, the devil has not got any bit of power over it. We give that dude too much credit. We, there's more Satan worship in the average Baptist church than there is Jesus worship. I challenge you, you go in your Bible to Genesis 1. You go home tonight and read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And then you flip all the way over to Revelation 21 and 22. And you read them. And you know what you're going to find? That there's no mention of the devil in Genesis 1 and 2. And there's no mention of the devil in Revelation 21 and 22. The first two chapters, the devil's not in them. And the last two chapters, the devil's not in them. You say, why, preacher? Because the first and the last belong to my Savior. The beginning and the end belong to my Savior. The Alpha and the Omega belong to my Savior. Hallelujah. He's going to wind it up the way He wants it wound. Preacher, I want to quit. I'm done right here. I got to quit. If you're here saved, I'm just trying to give you a little hope. If you're here lost, I cannot stress enough how today is the day of salvation. I cannot stress emphatically enough how now is the accepted time. This moment, you may not have a tomorrow. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Proverbs 27, 1, For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. But I want to help the children of God. Go to Revelation 3. Revelation chapter 3 is the Laodicean church. I believe with all my heart that this is where we're living. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So that because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. He goes on down and says, But behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and sup with him and he with, him, he with me. Right there is where we're living. Somebody say amen. Right there is where we're living. But in chapter 4, after this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me. Every Bible student's worth the salt knows that Revelation 4 is a picture of the rapture of the church. We're living and leaving on the same page. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. Preacher, I feel like quitting tonight. Preacher, I'm feeling like giving up. 
Preacher, I don't think I'm going to make it. Why would you want to quit on the last page? Through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. And the grace that brought us safe thus far is the grace that will lead us home. We've only got one more page to go. We're on the last leg of the journey. We're on the last mile of the trip. Get your eyes toward glory. Get your jumping shoes on. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I got a question. Are you ready? Are you ready? And I got another question. Who do you love that's not ready? Who do you love that's not ready? If when I was counting off them 11 seconds, if it had truly been the last added to the body of Christ, gone. Son, if I was here lost right now, that right there would scare me to death. That would scare me to death. How far, how long would it take somebody to walk from the back of this tent to the altar? Probably more than 11 seconds. I'd run to Jesus. I wouldn't walk. I'd run to Jesus. Are you ready? He's coming. I know it's cooled off subject. I know people ain't preaching on it like they used to. I know people don't believe it like they used to. But I promise you, upon the authority of God's Word, He's coming. Are you ready? And is there someone you love dearly that's not ready? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. This altar's open this evening. This altar's open this evening.